You are listening to the Central Church Podcast. To learn more about Central Church, including our gathering times, visit us online at centralsanford.net. Today's talk comes from Pastor Alan Brumbach. There's just something about the name of Jesus. Merry Christmas and welcome to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, this is our six o'clock service. Those of you watching online, we are so grateful to have you and all of you that are here this evening in the room. We are so grateful that you chose to be with us. Maybe this is your first time here at Central and we're honored that you chose to be with us. And as it was said in the video, if you would just take some time while I'm preaching or sometime later that you would just uh, fill out that uh, Click on that little QR code or text into the number and let us know that you're here so as a way that we can pray for you and minister to you. Well, take your copy of God's Word either on your phone or in your hand or on the screen and turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 is where we're going to be and let's stand as we read this one verse together and I want us to read it out loud together uh, if you would. Let's all do it together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You may be seated. I don't know if you have a subscription to Disney Plus or if you are in tune of all things Star Wars, but you probably have heard of the show called The Mandalorian. If you've never heard of the show Mandalorian, just ask one of my kids or ask any kid or any teenager or any geek or nerd that you know, and they will tell you all about that show. One of the most popular uh, characters from that show, and, and even of all of television uh, in the past couple of years, is, is this guy right here. Now, now, the question is this, what is the name of the child? For, for many, the child's name is Baby Yoda, right? Baby Yoda. Even before we kind of had a name, my family kind of gave him the name of Yodi. He is the son of the Jedi Master Yoda. Now, it was not until the second season, I'm not going to spoil anything, it was not until the second season and the 13th episode that we find out, as somebody already said it, that his real name is Grogu. Now, when his real name came out, the internet almost broke and social media almost broke down. And, and there were all kinds of memes out there, like this kind of meme that, where it has him there, Baby Yoda, I am not, Grogu, I am. And uh, people to this day, even myself, still call him Baby Yoda, even though we know his name is Grogu. Now, what kind of name is Grogu? I guess if you were a little green little child that ate frogs, uh, that's what you would name your kid. So if any of you have kids that meet that description, you can change their name to Grogu. But anyway, when it comes to Jesus, the reason I'm telling you this is that when it comes to Jesus, people want to call him and make him whatever they want. They want to have a Jesus of their own imagination. But here's what I want you to understand. Jesus is not who we say he is. Jesus is not who we make him to be. Jesus is who he says he is. And what Christmas does is it reveals to us who Jesus is. Now, we read a verse a moment ago that was written 700 years before the birth of Christ, over some 2,700 years from today. And it was before the Bethlehem star, Isaiah the prophet 
told the world of a child that would be born and of a son that would be given. And, and what we know about this child is that he's no ordinary child because he was given to us and ultimately given for us. But we see the uniqueness of this child in the names that are given to describe him, to, 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 to tell us who he is, that he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And so this evening, I want us to focus on that Prince of Peace. And in that final name, we see the peace that we really need and the peace that only He can give. So let's look at that really quickly, the peace that we really need. Well, the word here, the name here, Prince of Peace is Sar Shalom. And the question is, is that if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, if he came on that Christmas night to be the Prince of Peace, where is all the peace? Because if you look around, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of peace. It seems like that our nation, our country is more divided now than ever before. And if you don't believe me, just turn on the news, get on social media, or just talk to somebody down the street and they'll tell you that they, in their mind, things haven't gotten better. They, they've gotten worse. I mean, think about all the tension that we've experienced in 2020, starting with COVID-19 and then going through the cultural and political fighting that we've experienced. If we ever needed a Prince of Peace, it's now. And so the question you might be asking, well, where is the peace? Is Jesus a fraud? Well, before we can call Jesus a fraud, which he's not, we need to understand the kind of peace that Jesus can give. And we need to understand what this whole idea of the peace that we really need is. And so that word peace is the word shalom. It refers to the appearance of calmness and tranquility for an individual uh, or for a nation. It can also mean the cessation of hostilities. But for maybe you personalizing it, it it's defines or can mean an inner calm or equilibrium. But I think that what the prophet Isaiah is getting at the most is, is that it is spiritual harmony with God. The, the kind of peace that Isaiah is talking about is the, the kind of peace that only the Prince of Peace can bring, and that is peace with God. So what if all of your problems in life really came down to your broken relationship with God? What if all the problems in life just came down to humanity's broken relationship with God? You say, well, what do you mean? Well, down deep in each side of each and every one of us is this sense of restlessness. We, we know. Have you ever, just like in this past uh, year, just felt like something isn't quite right? Uh, maybe you don't feel like you're right, that you feel like maybe there's something missing in your life, and you can't necessarily pinpoint what exactly that is, but you know that there's a void, and because of that, you're anxious, and you're restless, and you're dissatisfied. You know, Robin Williams, who's a great comedian, uh, one that was very well-known, worldwide fame, a man that really could just buy and do whatever he wanted, he committed suicide at the age of 63. And before he committed suicide, he was quoted in saying this, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, only turmoil. You think about that. Or Tom Brady, who at the age of 27, he had already won his third Super Bowl ring and has won many more since then. And who knows, maybe the Bucks will, whatever, who knows. And I don't really like Tom Brady because he's got that long, flowing, beautiful hair. It seems like his whole life is perfect. But at the age of 27, he was interviewed by 60 Minutes, and the journalist, the interviewer asked this question, what have you learned about yourself? And Brady says, why do I have three Super Bowl rings? And why is it that I have three Super Bowl rings and still feel like there's something greater out there for me? I mean, he says, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. But he says, me? I think, God, there's got to be more than this. What else is there for me? And the journalist then asked him, well, Tom, what is it? What's the answer? And Tom Brady, who 
is just that perfect smile, that perfect hair, seemingly having that perfect life, being able to throw a touchdown or, or being able to do just some of the most impossible things, looked into the journalist's eyes and says, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Well, the Bible tells us what the problem is. The Bible tells us what we're searching for, what we're longing for. We're longing to be accepted and loved by the one whose opinion ultimately matters. The one who made us, who knows us, who created us, who rules the universe. You were born with a God-sized hole in your heart and you will be restless and fearful because you, are not, you don't feel that you're accepted and loved by him. And why is it that you don't feel accepted? Why is it that we're constantly searching for others to accept us and for this need to be loved? It's because God is the one that we are in conflict with. God is the one that we have offended. You say, well, how have I offended God? Well, you've offended him because you want to be in charge of your life and not him. That you don't want to need him in your life. You want to be in charge. You want to live your own life and decide what is right and wrong. And that's really what sin is. It seems maybe an old school word, but sin is ultimately trying to live your life without regard to God. And it's the universal condition of all humanity. See, we're looking for love and we're looking for acceptance. As that great theologian Garth Brooks said, in all the wrong places. But as we're looking for love in all the wrong places, we turn away from the only one who can actually give you the love you're looking for. And the irony is, is that the more that you turn from him to other things that you think will give you love and acceptance, like a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a career or education or status or, or popularity or social media likes, the opposite effect happens. The more you run from him, the more exposed, the more ashamed, the more restlessness you feel. I've watched a few uh, YouTube videos this week just listening to what celebrities and self-help gurus tell us and how we can have inner peace in our life. And, and it's interesting. It seems like there's this constant repeating refrain amongst those who are in the upper echelons of what we would think would be in society. And here's what they all pretty much said. If you want to have inner peace, then you need to be true to your authentic self. In other words, you just be you. Find out who you are, celebrate who you are, have others celebrate who you are, and there you'll have peace and contentment in your life. Well, here's the problem. You're the biggest problem. You are your biggest problem. I am my biggest problem. And if you don't believe that I am my biggest problem, just ask my wife, and she will tell me that I am everybody's biggest problem. <laughs> See, you and I will never have peace with God We'll never have peace with, our, with ourselves until we have peace with God. That's the peace we really need is the peace with God. And the second point is the peace that he only gives, the peace that only he can give. See, Jesus came to this world to make peace with God possible and available. You remember when the angels sang out that heavenly chorus, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men? It was Jesus that was sent by God to end the war and to bring peace with God. Have you ever had somebody that's really ticked you off, that there's some offense that you have, that they've offended you or you've offended them, and there's just something weird between you? And so every time you go out in, in, into the town, you go out to eat at a restaurant or you go to a, a grocery store, you go to Walmart or Publix or Target or somewhere like that, you're always kind of looking for them because if you ever see them, you're going to avoid them like the plague. And so you're going down this one little aisle and over in the corner of your eye, you see that old snaggle eye looking at you, even though they've got their mask on, you can tell who they are. 
and you immediately avoid them. They're going left, you go right, and you are going immediately to the checkout counter, and you are praying to God, Lord, please don't let them check out where I'm checking out. Why is it that you feel that way towards them? Because there's something not right. There's a conflict. And conflict with someone is kind of like a magnet that just kind of repels you from them and them from you. And, and the reason is because there's a problem. There's an issue. There's no peace. There's an issue that's dividing you and separating you. And so the only way that that conflict with that other person will ever end, will ever be resolved, is that somebody's got to make the first move. So you can't sweep it under the rug. You can't just act like it didn't happen. You can't just repress your feelings. You have to deal with the conflict, deal with the issue, or there'll never be real peace because there never will be a right relationship. Well, Christmas Day tells us that God is the one who made the first move. Jesus is the one who made the first move. He, the Prince of Peace, came to this world to bring peace with God. So how does Jesus make peace possible with God? How can you have peace with God if that's the peace that you need? Jesus made the first move by coming to this earth, taking upon himself the punishment we deserve for offending God. And the reason that you don't have peace is because you are in conflict with God. And the only way you can have peace with God is through forgiveness. But the problem with forgiveness is that it comes at a cost. Forgiveness isn't cheap and it's not free. I mean, think about this. Say somebody during this Christmas season steals $1,000 from you. And if when they stole that from you, they've offended you, they have sinned against you, they've, they've acted wrong against you, and they've incurred a debt of $1,000. Now, you can do one of two things with a person that stole $1,000. One is you can pursue the legal route and you can pursue the law and you can have them be put in jail and have them repay you all the money that they've stolen from you plus any additional fees. Or the second option you have is you can just forgive them. Now, if you forgive them for stealing $1,000, how much is that going to cost you? $1,000, right? See, it always costs to forgive. No matter how nice we try to make it, it always has a cost to make things right. See, for Jesus to make things right between you and God, he had to pay the debt that you and I owe to God for our sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So how Jesus paid for our sin debt is he didn't broker a peace deal through compromise. He did it through the cross. He paid our debt personally. He went through hell so that we can get heaven. He took upon himself the punishment that he did not deserve so that we can get the peace with God that we don't deserve. Isaiah 53, this old prophecy, 700 years before Jesus was ever even on this earth. The Bible says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that brought us, say this word together, peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Jesus paid our debt to God in full, and we are forgiven. Have you ever paid a debt off, like maybe a car payment, uh, a car that you bought, or maybe a house that you've paid off, or some sort of credit card bill? Uh, just a, a couple of years ago, April and I finally paid off the kids, um, their, medical bets, their medical bills. As a matter of fact, we were thinking about maybe they could repo one of them, and it might be cheaper, but 
But when you have a debt that says incurred and you pay off that debt, there's nothing like getting that letter in the mail that says your debt is paid in full, we'll never send you a bill again. There's nothing like that. When you know that your debt is paid for, you don't have to make payments anymore. There's nothing like something that's paid off. There's nothing like knowing that it's paid in full. And what Jesus did on the cross is he said it's paid in full. See, religion says, do this, do this, do that, try harder, be better, and maybe, just maybe, God will accept you. Maybe, just maybe, God will love you. Maybe, just maybe, you can be right with God. Do, do, do. The gospel is different. The gospel says it's done. And because of Jesus, we can have peace with God because the peace that only Jesus gives is peace with God. We're no longer enemy combatants, but we're children of God. And when God sees us, he does not look at us with hate or disdain, but with joy and love. We are made right in the moment that we trust in him. And here's the good news is that when we have peace with God, we are loved and accepted in the eyes of the only person whose opinion ultimately matters. And that peace that only Jesus gives is not only peace with God, but it's peace that we can experience in the form of the peace of God. See, peace with God gives us the ability to experience the peace of God. We can have an intercom and an inner tranquility inside of us despite the chaos and the coronavirus outside of us. The world can be falling apart around us, but we are not falling apart inside of us. Because when you have peace with God, when you know you're right with God, when you know that heaven is your home, and you know that you have a right relationship with your creator, it changes how you view the world. Because peace is not necessarily the absence of conflict or the absence of problems, but peace is the presence of Jesus in your life. Because peace with God gives you peace within yourself even when you have problems. And here's the good news. His peace can, you can have, but your problems will not have you. And the more that you keep your hearts and minds on what Jesus did for you to make peace with God, the more you will experience in your heart the peace of God. And it's peace with God and peace of God and the peace that we can have inside of ourselves that leads us to have peace with others. You'll never be in a right relationship with other people until you are in a right relationship with God through Jesus. You know, I'm looking forward to 2021. I think a lot of people are looking forward to 2021. But here's a crazy thing. You, are you looking forward to 2021? I am. It's going to be an odd year. I'll let you all think about that one. Too much eggnog. But some people think that changing a calendar, changing a year is going to automatically put the world back to the way it should be. Just like some magically on December the 31st at 11.59, once it goes to 12 a.m. January the 1st, 2021, then magically there's going to be this new peace in the world. Well, let me just tell you something. A flipping of a calendar will not bring peace to this world. Government will not bring peace to this world. Celebrities won't bring peace to this world. Money won't bring peace to this world. Only Jesus can bring peace to this world. And one day, the peace that we all yearn for will finally come. Peace on earth will come and it will be final. And the baby that grew to die on the cross rose from the grave. And he will one day come again to this world, not in weakness as a baby, but in power as a king. And on that day, that child will restore and put back together the way the world was meant to be. And he will right every wrong. He will end all diseases. He will restore justice. Righteousness shall flow down. 
and there will be peace like a river, and the world will be made right. See, Jesus, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but He will only be your Prince of Peace, and He will only give you His peace on His terms, not yours. It's on His terms. You want peace? It's not on your terms. It's not, God, you fit in my box. It's not, God, you do what I want. No, Jesus says, you've got to do what I want. You know what Jesus' terms are? Jesus' terms are not go to church. Jesus' terms are not be baptized. Jesus' uh, terms are not be a good person. You know what Jesus' terms are? Full and complete surrender. That's what it is. You know what surrender means? It's kind of a churchy word. Here's what it means. It means to stop fighting, to stop running, and to fall into the mercy, love, and grace of another. To stop fighting God, to stop running from God, and to fall into the mercy, love, and grace of God. Let me illustrate it one more way. I have three wonderful kids. I love them. I have a couple kids that are very strong-willed. Maybe you um, were a kid like that in your house. And I have a a child, I won't mention, but this child will argue to you until they are blue in their face. I mean, they will just, they they will to the death, to the death. And the other day, they did something wrong, and I saw it. And I called, I called them out on it. And she argued with me. <laughs> and I told her, no, honey, you did this. You, you did, this is wrong. She said, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And you know what? My stars, I'm going to tell you something that's going to just make you cry. You know, she's looked at me and she said, I don't know where she got this from. Probably got it from her mama. She said, I hate you. Any parent ever experienced that one? I said, honey, you're going to go to your room right now. That's great parenting, isn't it? Great parenting. After a while, she's in her room, angry. I'm sitting there in the living room watching TV. She comes in there. I'm open in there. She looks at me with tears in her eyes. She says, Daddy, I'm sorry. She went and she just went on my lap, sat on my lap and put her little head on my chest. She says, Daddy, I don't hate you. I love you. You know what I did? I put my arms around her and I hugged her and I said, Daddy loves you. That's what surrender is. You stop fighting. You stop running. And you fall into the arms of your father. Some of you need to do that tonight. Some of you need to do that right now. And I want to give you an opportunity just where you are, just as you are, to fall into the arms of Jesus to surrender your life to Him. 
You don't have to fear surrender when you know that God loves you. You don't have to fear surrender when you know that He has the best plans for you. And maybe you've said to God, I hate you. But you know what He says to you? Child, I love you. See, that's the grace that changes everything. And so tonight, He can change you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And I'm just going to give you an opportunity. Maybe you have never in your life surrendered your life to Jesus. As I think of a few people I see in the room tonight, just this year they surrendered their life to Jesus, and I've just seen a wonderful change that God's done in their hearts. He can change your heart too. So I'm going to pray, and while I'm praying, you can surrender to Jesus. There's no magic in my prayers. There's no magic in your prayers. It's not necessarily prayer that saves you. It's surrender that does. It's, it's verbalized through prayer. But in your heart right now, you can surrender to God. And you can pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. I've lived for myself. I've done my own thing. And it's not worked. And I feel broken inside. I feel empty inside. But I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose from the dead. And God, I ask you right now that you would be my Prince of Peace. That you forgive me of my sins and that you would save me. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Tonight, if you have or you would like to, maybe you just did, surrender your life to Jesus. As others have done in all of these services, even if you're watching online, especially if you're here in the room. If you tonight, every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you surrendered your life to Jesus tonight, will you just look up at me? Just look up at me. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. So put your head back down. Everybody can now look up. And here's what I want you to do. There's a text number that's going to be on the screen. We've talked about it before. And if you tonight have trusted Jesus as your Savior, we want to know about it. We want to, sh we want to rejoice with you. And maybe, maybe you need somebody to talk to. So you can text into this number, 407-338-4024. If you're watching online, you can text into it. Or maybe you say, I can't remember that number. It's on the very back of that pew. And at the end of the service, you can just look down and type it in. Type it in your phone. Write it down. We want to hear from you. Just say your name and say, I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Thank you again for listening to the Central Church Podcast. For more information on how to take your next step, visit us online at centralsanford.net.